Hello, lovely people. You're watching another episode of Green New Perspective Podcast, a webcast series dedicated to sustainability. On episode number nine, we have the pleasure of hosting Adrian Ferrero, the co-founder and CEO of Biomakers, a company that is transforming the agricultural industry through its groundbreaking soil testing solutions. So as a champion of sustainability and a key figure in the agritech sector, Adrian joins us to discuss the hurdles that our food production is facing and how data and technology can be leveraged to establish a more just and sustainable food system. So join us and enjoy the conversation. Uh, here we go. So let's talk about biomakers, about origin of biomakers and what prompted you to start the company and what does the company do? Okay, so thank you very much for this opportunity to introduce Biomakers. So what uh, we do is we provide insights on soil health. Okay, we're a digital soil health platform where people can go and learn how to manage their soil more efficiently, to keep the soil alive in a sense. Okay, and the reason because we decided to start this company is because, well, the, the previous experiences that we have as entrepreneurs were more into the human space. So we were um, utilizing the genetic technologies, DNA sequencing, to support doctors to design or to prescribe better treatments for their patients by doing a DNA testing to analyze all the mutations that they, you know, were connected to different hereditary diseases, mainly cancer. So what we realized is that in agriculture, we were missing bio indicators, biomarkers that uh, we could use to analyze to make better decisions in the field, especially farmers. Because when you think about agriculture, everybody blames the farmers uh, on on the use of chemical fertilizers, they blame on the impact of the environment, the, you know, different variables. But what we realize is not it's not about blaming, it's about what they are missing or how we can help them to make better decisions. And what we found out that uh, there were no way to really measure or identify the biological activities happening in this case in the soil. Because soil is, let's say, the the matrix where the origin of everything. No? If you think about this, that ninety five percent of the of the food comes directly or indirectly from the soil. So then you realize how important the soil is. And in the soil, you find this uh, community of living beings that are the microbes, the bacteria, and the fungal species. That they are natural biosensors, so they reflect everything that is happening in the field. And at the same time, they play a crucial role on all the activities that are related to plant growth. So this community of microbes were fully unknown, mostly unknown, because traditional microbial techniques just were able to identify 1% of the microbes populating the soil. Those were the ones we were able to grow in a petri plate. But now uh, new technologies as DNA sequencing allows us to you know, discover the whole spectrum of, of microbes. But the key is not to know who is there, but what they do and how they impact us, in this case, how they impact the plant growth. So that's the origin of a, a biomakers business idea, to utilize DNA sequencing to digitalize, literally, the soil biology and then use advanced computing technologies to understand the functions and the ecological relationships of this community in order to deliver 
useful insights, actionable insights to, to the farming community, to all the stakeholders in the value chains in agriculture. And then you have to do it in a nice, smooth, digital experience. So this is what we have developed, the Big Crop platform. This is how it is called. And this is how we started. We started in California back in 2015, so eight years already on the road. And right now we're proud to say that we have the largest database of soil microbial references. Actually, we have a profile 14 million of um, taxonomic units of microbes. And just keep in mind that humans have been able to name around half million of microbes. So uh, 350,000 bacteria and 150,000 fungal species, which means that we're really discovering what is underground and what is more interesting, uh, what they are doing, no? what they are their behaviors and how they are impacting. So that's mm -hmm. the origin of biomakers. Biodiversity, disease risk, nutrient cycling, and stress adaptation define the health of soil and the food we grow in it. Soil is a living entity that responds to external agents, such as climate change, pests, and increasingly demanding production systems. At BiomeMakers, we decode the complex soil microbiome through next-generation DNA sequencing to discover which microbes live in the soil, what functions they perform as a community, providing key data to guide agricultural decision-making. Our bee crop technology is the world's largest taxonomic database of microorganisms, setting the global standard for soil health. Restore your soil health, ensure a profitable growing season, save time and money optimizing agricultural inputs, and recommend the most suitable products with bee crop, the global standard for soil health. And what was your first successful project, the one that put you on the map? The one that put us in the map was working in one single crop and validate the value proposition for these uh, functional insights on soil, which was wine industry. So we started working in Napa Valley, which is a famous wine region in California, working with high-end wineries, uh, doing pilots with them, showing, getting their feedback, uh, sampling the soil, you know, understanding what uh, they had and how those microbes were impacting them. And then uh, also exploring the connection with the winemaking process, which is a fermentive process. So we wanted to see if there was a connection, this terroir element. And that's how we, we started. Uh, once we finalized this initial experience, we were ready to expand to other crops. And right now we're working in 180 different crops. So those are the crops that uh, are active in our database because our insights are crop specific, especially when you talk about, for instance, disease risk, disease has to be very crop specific. When it comes to nutritional pathways or how the soil is mobilizing the different nutrients to make them available to the plants, in the same way the gut microbiome is working and feeding us, no? uh, then the crop is not as important. Is it important? It's not as important or crop specific. Well, you, you told a little bit about the downsides of tra traditional ag agriculture. Uh, but can you give us a bit more info on what are the pluses of regenerative agriculture and what you're doing? Yeah, regenerative agriculture is such an interesting uh, 
mindset change that evolves the concepts, some of the traditional concepts in, in agriculture. In the last 60 years, we've been able to grow the yield in, in agriculture dra dramatically uh, by the use of uh, chemically synthesized fertilizers, which has been a great contribution to, to creep, keep increasing. Also, basic genetics like uh, playing with the plant genetics have been helping to this this yield increase. But what we have realized now is that uh, we cannot maintain that level of uh, production. We have to evolve the way we farm because what we were damaging is the natural fertility of the soil. And at the end of the day, that means that uh, farmers have higher dependency on inputs and uh, the productivity of the plant or the field is, is going down. So in order to maintain a reasonable field productivity and you know leverage the dependency on certain inputs that are not going to be as beneficial for the activity as we thought, well, we, we, we are now coming back to certain practices that are, are not completely new. But we are recovering something that we were doing before and also integrating with the, the what is called modern agriculture. And this is the evolution that we call regenerative agriculture. Everybody defines regenerative agriculture in different ways. But at the end of the day, it's not just a label. It's a, a mindset on how we approach farming in more integrative way, a smarter way, and productive. Because economics under regenerative agriculture is are also, also extremely important. Food. It's one of life's greatest joys. And yet it's so much of a necessity that we can easily overlook the story of where it actually comes from. Hidden below the surface and too tiny to see, the soil is filled with life. A microbiome, which if supported, assists farmers through an abundance of activity. The benefits of this soil life are profound. Sequestering carbon and building organic matter within the soil a healthy community below supports a healthy landscape above. And acting in symbiosis, these diverse life forms aid strong growth for the crops, building their resilience within a changing world. Nutrient cycling and other beneficial microbial activities not only allow plants to thrive, but produce crops with greater nutrient density. Better soil, better food, better life. Can you give us an example of a farm or an organization um, that used your technology to change its, pra its practices? Yeah, uh, well, there are actually <laughs> there <so> are many. <laughs> yeah, but uh, talking, for instance, in North America, where corn and soybean are is extremely important. What we see, for instance, some of our clients had um, a fertility efficiency of. 35 to 45 percent, meaning that every pound that they, they throw fertilizer into the field, only 35 percent uh, get into the plant. So that's not really high. No? And uh, what we once we were looking at their field or their soil, delivering the insights, playing with the different elements, comparing no? different areas. Then they, they realized that the certain pathways were not really active. So they, they were blocked. That's literally what it, it means. So what they did is, well, instead of keeping adding more and more uh, fertilizer with the same efficiency rate, they introduced 
uh, biological, a soil amendment, and uh, that restore the ecological balance in the soil. In the soil, enable activate the in this case the MPK, the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium pathway, increase the uh, fertility efficiency. And then uh, at the end of the day, they spend the same money, no? because they reduce the amount of chemical fertilizers that they were throwing, but they were spending some additional money on, on this biological amendment. But what, what they saw is an increase of a 1.2% yield increase, which in terms of economics, this is really high for um, a crop like corn. So this is one of the experiences. We are currently working a lot in, in tropical crops. It's so curious because we were not expecting to do that journey, but the farmers in Latin America mainly were calling us and the companies working with them to you know increase the efficiency in their farms. They call us and say, hey, we want you to help us to you know increase the, um, to decrease the ecological impact that we're having in our operations. Uh, so the amount of pesticides that they use, the chemical fertilizers and so on, mm -hmm. and uh, utilize these natural processes that were naturally there. We're working on bananas, on coffee, cacao, sugarcane, palms, and uh, we see amazing results, especially because one of the products that we have beyond the agronomic advice or agronomical insights that we provide on nutritional pathways, stress, hormone adaptation, disease risk, which are very technical. So when you have to make decisions, you need those parameters. They, we also provide an overall assessment on the biological quality of the soil, which is strictly or closely connected to the intensity of human practices or human intervention in the field. At the end of the day, a way to reflect how respectful, how sustainable you are. And it's a reliable metric and it's a rating system. So um, this this solution, it's so amazing when you start looking at, you know, the impact of the different practices, the different regions with the different practices I and mean, historical farming practices that they were implementing for so long, which one were working better, worse, and how food companies are leveraging this rating system to pay a plus to those farmers doing or spending or investing on more regenerative agriculture, and they were uh, differentiating the, the the crops and the end product that is the one we we find in the in the store in the supermarket, because now they have a reliable and independent, uh, driven by science metric that uh, to you know to measure the sustainability of the farm practices. Um, their great innovation is clean tech space, but can you talk a little bit about challenges that are facing this kind of innovation? Um, how are people reacting to it? Are they accepting it quickly or it, it goes slow? So interesting question, <clears throat> because when we talk about clean tech challenges, there are uh, many. I mean, adoption for sure is one yeah, of them. Yeah. I, I, I really see that uh, people is really open to to explore, to scout for new tools, new technologies that are going to help to overcome the, the challenges that that they have. For sure, this is something that uh, I mean that is happening, and we see more people coming to us. So initially, we were pushing 
completely new technology, completely new dimension, new tools. So you have to show the rules and let's say create awareness about them, no? push your market, create the market. But now we see that it's happening in the other way around. So people is coming to us, we don't have to too much push them. They are coming and they already have knowledge about what they what we know or what we do. So I would say that the 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 mind the the people is quite open no to to accept uh, clean tech what are the challenges well uh, feasibility from the mainly economical point of view and then education is another challenge that we see quite frequently mm -hmm. that's the reason because for instance we have created a, a training initiative for what we call bcas uh, big crop advisors or biological crop uh, advisors uh, to help them to you know utilize the insights that we deliver because i mean most of the agronomists in this case they don't have so much training about how to manage soil biology in an efficient way so what we realize is hey why don't we open all the knowledge that we have and we ask our clients to share experiences on what worked for them based on a certain situation what didn't work for them under uh, other situation so everybody start learning and we crowd knowledge no create this crowd knowledge base on on best practices for soil management so education is one of the challenges issues that that we find but at the same time economical feasibility no because when you are going to spend time in a new tool and you still don't have a clear idea uh, what is the the return that you are going to get well then, then you start questioning the value of the technology. The, the good thing is that uh, in agriculture, especially, it works always the same. People test the technology, have a first feeling no, on, on what is the, 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 the value perception. And once they try and they see the benefits of using this layer of data, then they just keep doing it and expand the, the presence uh, to, to all the dimensions. Connecting to clean tech, the, I will say the challenges are a little bit wider because we're using, especially for climate change, uh, a metric that is carbon, no? carbon sequestration, carbon metrics. And sometimes it's quite challenges to challenge it the, to, to measure the, the tons of carbon that you are actually sequestered, um, especially because greenhouse gases is not just about carbon, it's about others. Uh, the good thing is that we researchers have already correlated those other gases with carbon uh, metrics, uh, which is great. I mean, talking about methane, which is 25 times more pollutant than uh, carbon dioxide, or thinking about, for instance, the nitrous oxide, which is 300 times uh, more pollutant than carbon dioxide. And is one of the main greenhouses gases that a farming can be emitting actively depending on the farming practices that you you have no and this is also connected to the efficiency of nitrogen management in in the field so if you activate this pathway of uh, or the biological activity of the nitrogen into the field and increase the uh, fertility efficiency for the plant then probably you are releasing less uh, nitrous oxide, which at the end of the day counts highly on greenhouse uh, emissions. But uh, the challenge again is to measure the amount because in the case of the soil, 
carbon is a cycle. So you sequester, but you at the uh, at the same time release carbon. And how much carbon uh, is storage into the soil? Short term, mid term, long term. What is the overall carbon capacity of the soil? Those are questions that are that still remain unsolved. In other sectors the measurement of the carbon is a little bit more uh, straightforward in the yeah. case of agriculture mm, i would say they calculating the carbon footprint and then talking about clean tech uh, is a little bit more challenging yeah 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 i understand you know what i'm interested in you said that in the beginning you had to push your brand in the market so when you're starting out um did you think about what what kind of identity what kind of brand you wanted biomakers to have Excellent question, because I would say, yes, entrepreneurs have a clear idea on everything. There is a detailed plan. This is what we pitch to investors. But uh, I would say that sometimes you have to give some room for uh, improvement, you know, depending on what you see, how you analyze the world, what are the, the information that you are getting, because this keeps updating all the time, then you start having decisions. So for sure, you have a a key, no, a, a path that you want to follow. Uh, we wanted to build a profitable company that at the same time uh, were mission driven. Mm -hmm. uh, that will help actually or actively agriculture to be a little bit more efficient, do things in a better, a smarter way. And we wanted that to be our contribution no? because we know the technology, we know the science. So how we develop a tool that can actually help. And this is what uh, is the, the basics on, on what you want to do. But from there, uh, which kind of identity or which kind of from the branding point of view or even from the, um, let's see. Let's say from the messaging point of view as well. Message. I guess that developed as well, yeah. Exactly. And, there is something that I I observe in in the tech space that they, there are a lot of trending topics or terms that get outdated so quick. No, if you think like about like uh, big data and then machine learning, deep learning, and now everybody's talking about artificial intelligence, and you have to include that into the pitch. Somehow you are forced <clears throat> because otherwise you will be out of the scope. But at the end of the day. Uh, the, the, when you think about what you are actually doing, it's pretty much the same. So you are collecting data, trying to get as much value out of the data as possible and learn from the data in order to deliver better results in the time. And then if you are able to model and identify patterns and based on those patterns that are being adjusted as you keep learning progressively, uh, then you have better insights and then we can start talking about prediction. So in essence, the technology evolution or development is pretty much the same. The terms that you use for that, it might be changing. So we try mm -hmm. to get out of those trends, but for sure you have to be somehow there. Uh, yeah, but it's so interesting how how quick you know, these terms get outdated. And when I mean, last week I was in the World Agritech Innovation Summit in San Francisco, and uh, we were speaking with people in that event. I was like, hey, how many times have you heard about artificial intelligence? So uh, three, three years, well, four years ago, because three years ago we had the pandemic. So four years ago, uh, nobody was talking about artificial <laughs> intelligence, but machine learning was a trending topic in yeah. all around our uh, climate tech or clean tech 
¿no? These terms. But uh, yeah, beyond the Messi, beyond the, the terms themselves, uh, what I love is that the core messages remain the same. ¿no? The, 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 the form, how we show them, might change slightly, but the rest, yeah, the button, it's what is important. And what role do you think marketing has in your success? Amazing. I mean, uh, I would say marketing is probably 60% of our success so far <clears throat> from the beginning. Uh -huh. Because uh, first, getting presence is important. This is a marketing uh, task. Um, then creating awareness is another thing. And uh, I have to say, I have to be extremely thankful because we found so many support in the way since we started uh, from all the accelerators and incubators that have been helping us, all the mentors, friends, partners that have been also introducing to people, presenting us. I mean, podcasts as yours are extremely useful to, to provide awareness. And uh, sometimes I'm telling my marketing team, hey, Uh, I have the feeling that I'm repeating the same uh, conversations all the time. And they're like, no, no, keep in mind that the world is so big. So if just 10 new people listen this and they, they are aware of what we're doing, that's part of the achievement. And we, we have succeeded. No? We have achieved the goal that we were pushing. So yeah, marketing is extremely important. And we've been investing all the time in marketing. And also because you're don't realize how many uh, headlines you are developing all the time. Collaborations with people and discoveries that we do at technological level, uh, success cases, partnerships. So there are so many things happening that uh, you want to tell everybody. The problem is that there are so many contents out there. Some of them more useful than others, some of them for fun, others for learning, others of different kind of uh, contents and get visibility is one one of the key challenges. So what I, kind of content worked for you? What kind of content yeah, worked for your company? Content. Uh, yeah, because in the world of startups, there are some companies that promise a lot, but at the end of the day, it's so difficult to deliver something that is trustable and reliable. So as an startup, to be perceived as a trustable, you know, a solid, consistent startup, this, this is a challenge. We've been very diligent or intensive on um, doing a lot of technical communication, more like science-driven communication to show that, hey, what we do have some backup. And it's not that we collaborate. No, no. Here you have the list of collaborations that we do. Here you have the projects that uh, we support. Uh, here you have the publications that are uh, scientific publications relying on our technology here. So getting public exposure is extremely important. And uh, communication in that way it's, it has been key. Because otherwise, yeah, you cannot gain credibility in, in this market and you might be creating a technology that even might work but nobody believes is going to work so you want to differentiate and be one that hey we do things in the right way and also uh, the experience working with us is great so yeah technical communication science driven communications based on the excellence this is one of the values we have in the company you know uh, pursuing the excellent if you do something is because you think is good enough otherwise 
And well, thank you. That's a great answer. Um, and my last question for you um, is, uh, what are your plans for the future and what are your hopes for the future of sustainability in general? Wow, so interesting. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Give me a lot of room to explain. Well, uh, two, two answers here. On one hand, uh, what uh, are our hopes as a company for the future? Will, will be well we want to keep growing uh, the current business uh, keep doubling our traction uh, we, we work with tier one players in the industry from input manufacturers retailers food companies so we want to keep pushing that because most of them are still starting to to, to test the, the the technology to use the technology as a tool so we want them to really incorporate that tool uh, widely and that's going to help us to be extremely successful as a company but also to for the commitment that our team has to to the whole company you know, for all the challenges that that we are facing so that's what we hope for the company to keep growing and at the same time evolve the the all the portfolio the services that that we have talking about some cool features to come uh, the, as we learn on the soil dynamics what we have realized is that we can start predicting first if a solution is going to be working properly in a field to increase or improve let's say not just increase improve the biological activity related to farming uh, mm -hmm. so that give us the room for uh, narrow down a little bit more the prescriptions the recommendations that we provide to our agronomists so right now we have a tool that is providing insights amazing useful insights uh, but uh, the question is can we do more for our clients a be better tool for sure so we're doing that in the in the garage in the back office <laughs> I, uh, data science team is is showing things that are uh, impressive so this is probably something that will come no uh, going more into what we call personalized agriculture and thinking even beyond imagine we have all the automatization in the field and we can prescribe very specifically what would be the right inputs or the right applications and then machines talk each other and then humans see that everything works well and then we'll have really high yield yields and we'll also preserve this life of the soil this natural fertility of the soil this is the hope that i have for for the company keep growing so, the business and providing higher value yeah but uh, do you believe that technology like yours will play a major role in agriculture in the future or maybe will be the future of agriculture it will play a, a key role for sure but it will not be the only technology that will play a role uh, this is a collaborative before we are adding or contributing in our area of expertise which is specifically understanding the soil dynamics and based on that, you know, helping to to make to manage the soil more efficiently. But for sure, there are so many cool technologies out there that are going to be playing a role. And we, and you know, as we define which ones are the best, and we put them together and we work together, uh, we're going to make a, a change. Uh, I don't believe uh, individuals are able to change the world, but somebody has to be the trigger, and then we all join that trigger, and then there is this chain effect to make a huge change yeah so 
this is from the company. And when you say about clean tech, what I hope is just connected to that for a more responsible way of producing food and a more responsible way of consuming. Of course. I think that's a different area. We are into the supply, uh, trying to overcome and to face the challenges on the supply chain uh, side, sorry. But uh, for sure, as consumers, uh, it's our duty to be a little bit more flexible, more diligent, and more conscious on how we consume. Uh, the coming years are going to be crucial. We're facing really interesting economic uh, landscape. And uh, probably we have to change our perception on how the, the consumption and the world is going to, to work. So we come from the abundancy where we can access to anything, anytime, and discard what we don't like. And yeah, this is not really sustainable. And if we want to care for the planet and be here for so many generations, um, for sure, this is not for our generation, I think. I mean, we'll do it more or less uh, if we get old. But thinking in the generations to come and the life preservation, the human life preservation in Earth, yeah, we need to evolve the way we consume and how we manage the waste. 30% of the food is waste pre-going into the supermarket. But when it gets into the supermarket, I don't have the statistic, but my guess is that probably similar uh, amount or even bigger. Because when I see the, the, the lines, you know, the, the corridors in the supermarket, food or fresh food, I cannot think about all the people consuming such amount of food at the same time and so much meat and yeah so probably this is my hope that we're smart enough to evolve the way we consume and the way we we care for the limited resources we have to handle yeah that's a great great message for the end of this podcast adrian thank you so much um for taking your time for green new perspective um i love this interview i hope our uh, our audience uh, is going to love it as well the, they can ask you questions um, under in the comment set, section. Um, we'll answer them. Um, do you have something else to tell to our audience? I appreciate uh, the work that you do, especially to bring attention about these topics that probably when we live in, in certain areas of lifestyle, keep us busy. And sometimes we have to stop and think about uh, what is happening in the world that is not so so obvious. I was last week in a, invited in a conference in, in Colombia, in Medellin, and the conference was about low technology and innovation. Uh, they invited me to speak about uh, in, uh, innovation in agriculture, but I was listening to other speakers talking about other areas of knowledge, and it was so rewarding to see how people is using technology, what are the challenges that we're facing, how obsessed we are uh, to, to, to make this world better. So it's so important that uh, you bring the attention to, to these areas and appreciate that. And yeah, for sure, happy to answer any question. The good thing of, I would say, entrepreneurs is that we are so easy to approach and so, so open. We're busy for sure, so, but still we love to receive questions, comments, and you know, uh, talk more, deeper about all these topics. I have to say that it's totally true. Every guest of mine has been really great, really open to conversations. So yeah, I'm super glad that I had this, this opportunity to meet you and talk to you all. So thank you again.
Once again, thanks for tuning in to Green New Perspective Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our channel and leave a comment with your thoughts and feedback. We would really appreciate that. Your support helps us to bring more inspiring guests and thought-provoking discussions on sustainability. So let's work together towards a more sustainable future, one conversation at a time. Until next time, bye!